Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. And for those uh, watching, welcome to the official YouTube page of the Viking Age. Make sure you like this video and subscribe. Make sure you follow uh, the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. I am Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, and he also uh, writes for other online publications as well. Uh, Before we get started into today's show, Chris, I've got a little trivia for you. So we talked about relative athletic scores back when we were doing shows before the draft. Um, So I wanted to ask you, you know, which former Vikings quarterback had a higher relative athletic score than Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott. Any guesses? Um, well, I feel like it's a trick question. Was it Sean Mannion by chance? <laughs> no, no, not even close. Uh, I don't know. No. I mean, we all know what Sean Mannion can do. I mean, you guys don't see it every day, but I mean, Sean Mannion, there's a reason we brought him back. And it's not just to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for Kirk Cousins, who doesn't <laughs> seem like a big PB&J guy. I'm just no. going to go there. Plain but. peanut butter. Plain peanut butter, definitely. Kirk Cousins. It, it, just you don't. Just oh, butter. yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> it is uh, Christian Ponder with a mm. 9.55 relative athletic score. You know, that's I, why I'll... Yeah, Desmond Ritter reminded me a lot of Christian Ponder through the draft process just because, you know, he had, like, he ran, what was it, a 4, 5, 40 or something? Mm -hmm. And, like, everybody's like, oh, wow, look at him. It's like, no, he he doesn't play that fast. Like, if he's running in a straight line and training for a 40-yard dash, you know, you can put up a good time. But, I mean, when you're getting chased by, trying to think, like, Von Miller... No, you're not, you're not going to run four or five. I might run four or five. I don't, I don't know. I, I probably <laughs> couldn't throw a football accurately, but right. I mean, I, I would hit top speed. That's for damn sure. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Ritter also floats the ball like, uh, like Ponder as well. Uh, like a high was, school quarterback. I was, I was thinking that I think, it, I think it was against the Cowboys when Ponder had to throw a Hail Mary and it was from like his own. <laughs> That or from the opponent's forty yard line, he didn't make it to the goal line. So that was uh, a great Hail Mary. At least any guesses? Bounds right. It did. It did. It did. Any guesses on what Kirk Cousins' relative athletic score is? I got this one too. Was it a four? Oh, very close. Four point oh seven. Okay. And then uh, huh. Sean Mannion's, I believe, was in the threes because I did look that up as well. <laughs> 
Kirk's Kirk's athletic ability is more in his arm. He can throw. Than it yeah, is yeah, he can legs. throw. That's about it. He can move a little bit, but he he can he can't move it's not to natural. avoid a pass rush. Yeah, it's yes. it's not it's not natural. It's run it's run for your life speed. That's what it is. <laughs> it it is run for your life speed. We'll leave it that way. All right, all right. We're gonna get into the today's show. First topic is about uh, Mr. Mr. Delvin Cook. A lot of people are talking about how uh, how he's being used more as a receiver in OTAs, or at least that's the assumption that we are drawing from three OTA practices uh, so far this year. So, you know, earlier this week, the Vikings had a few OTA practices with both veterans and rookies participating. You know, it was literally like the first opportunity for everyone to get kind of an idea of what this new offense under Kevin O'Connell might look like. Uh, and something that stood out, as I mentioned, is, is Dalvin Cook reportedly lining up out wide at receiver multiple times. And Cook also recently tweeted out a video of him catching a pass over the middle uh, of the field from a game last season. Seemed rather timely. Uh, so this would all seem to indicate that Cook might be more involved in the Vikings passing attack next season which is kind of interesting because Dalvin has caught more than 40 passes in three of his last four seasons. So it's not like he's not been involved, but apparently they want him to get even more involved or just maybe different kinds of ways to get him involved. So my question to you, Chris, is just real simple. Over under 45 catches for Dalvin Cook in 2022. I'm going to go under, and here's why. This is not a... So, so like when people hear this news, like I own Dalvin Cook in fantasy, my fantasy team, mm-hmm. the Krishad experience, we're <laughs> probably favored to win it again this year. You know, we got robbed last year when uh, Justin Jackson and Alan Lazar basically ran over me in the semifinals. It was the worst <laughs> Christmas ever. I I know you all want to hear about it, but I mean, I'm not yeah. going to go into deep detail except for um, I have Justin Jefferson and Jonathan Taylor on the same team and didn't win a fantasy football championship because the <laughs> game is trash. Um, but for Cook, this isn't about production as much as it is the illusion of complexity that yeah. Kevin O'Connell likes to talk about. Uh, I did some search for a uh, research for a article that will Uh, drop at zonecoverage.com tomorrow. And it looked at Dalvin Cook's usage. And the big thing that I looked at was average depth of target. So last year, Dalvin Cook had negative 1.8 yards as an average depth of target. That was 66 out of 67 running backs. 2020, negative 1.9, 57th out of 58. uh, 2019, 1.6, negative 1.6, 43rd out of 46 running backs. Um, that's a screen. So, yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it is. And when you look at the Rams, Daryl Henderson had 1.3 uh, yards uh, for an A dot last year, uh, 0.8 in 2020. And, and I mean, it, the thing with Dalvin Cook's usage because his numbers overall are great. He's ninth most wrong running backs over the past three years with 131 receptions. He's got the eighth most yards. Uh, receiving over the past three years with 1,104, but he only has one touchdown because he's running all these screens. When he lines up, like the defense knows, the only way Dalvin Cook is getting the ball with a pass is by a screen. And I mean, if they 
line him out wide or in the slot. Like that would be a huge improvement because last year he only had 11.1% of his passing down snaps out wider in the slot. The Rams, meanwhile, Daryl Henderson, he had 32.2% in the slot or out wide. So what that does is for the Vikings offense, you know, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen, you have Irv Smith Jr., you have Dalvin Cook, and now you don't know where Dalvin Cook is going to be. Is he going to be out wide? Is he going to be in the slot? Is he going to be wherever? It doesn't matter. And it's not going to be that Dalvin Cook is going to get the ball, but all it takes is one play and Dalvin Cook has the ability to break that and he can go to the house. Case in point, Daryl Henderson only had 176 receiving yards last year. So it's not that Henderson's getting all these wide receiver reps and targets downfield. It's that he's lining up in different spots and making the defense go like, oh my God, why is he going out right? Why Justin Jefferson is there now? Jefferson's the backfield or, or even, you know, if we want to go deeper, Alexander Madison. I, I mean, he's yep. not that great of a receiving back, but they could use him out there. Uh, they could use Kane Wongwu, mm-hmm. who they just decided to ram into the middle of opposing defenses <laughs> last year. Or they could use Ty Chandler, who's got speed yep. to burn. This is really exciting. And, it, and again, it's not from a fantasy football perspective, because I think Cook is going to put up the same numbers that he mm-hmm. did last year. Uh, maybe a little bit better because they were the lowest since his rookie season. But mm-hmm. I think that having him all over the formation is going to make this offense even better, uh, no matter who is lining up in the slot, uh, out wide, in the backfield. Like it's it's exciting. Yeah, I think when some people see this, and including myself a little bit, when you first see this, like Dalvin Cook Cook is lining up out wide, and you're like, oh, he's gonna you know become more of a, a threat in the in the passing attack. He's gonna be like he's gonna be like Marshall Falk. Or Ladanian Tomlinson. I feel like I'm kind of dating myself with those references. Christian but those McCaffrey. Are, okay, yeah, that's that's a better one. Yeah. Yes, because there there these days there aren't a lot of you know running backs who are both can are three down backs and can be a receiver as well. Um, but I I do I'm leaning more towards what you're talking about as far as the illusion of complexity, where you just you're just trying to make the defense think and overthink and just not be ready for. You know, that that one thing where they're not ready for, that's where you strike. So if it's like Irv Smith is open over the middle, you give it to Irv Smith. If it's Adam Thielen open in a post, you give it to him. Like whatever uh, allows you to get the advantage over the defense. And I think having Dalvin Cook out wide, like they put like they put Justin Jefferson in the backfield a couple times uh, last year. They did it like one game. It worked great. And then they never did it again, which is like. Why? Why wouldn't you do that? That clearly confused the defense, and it worked out well. I think it was against was against the Packers. It's against um, the Packers, yeah, yeah. And and they clearly like they clearly worked really hard to drop game plans for that game, and then it was like the rest of the year they were like, eh, we'll just run screens to Dalvin Cook and stuff, and go to Jefferson deep. Um, but I do think, yeah, this this having him line up out wide is more just about confusing the defense than it is getting the ball in Devin Cook's hands more. Now, we could be be wrong, too, because I think um, the best season that Kirk Cousins had with the Vikings so far is when he has passed the fewest amount of time. Uh, so I feel like Devin Cook is still going to be a big piece of this offense next year. Justin Jefferson will be a big piece as well. But I, I think that just because, you know, the Rams were successful without a top running back like not like Dalvin Cook doesn't mean the Vikings can't utilize him because he's very good. Um, yeah. And it's just also another way to to 
utilize his skills because he gets the ball in open space. He can turn a one yard gain into like a 15 yard gain. So get him in a bubble screen or something or just over the middle. Like it's like seems like an easy play to, that can turn into something big. Like they didn't even have him run slant routes or anything last year. Right. Like or drags or, you anything, know, yeah. or, or like, uh, you know, uh, God, I can't think of that. But you run out and then you run in. Like I use it on NCAA yeah. all the time. <laughs> Texas route. Is that what it is? I don't I, know. I, to, I, don't I only know. told my friends I played football. I didn't actually play <laughs> football, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, all of those things, it, it's just exciting. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think you and I have kind of been like, I don't know if this Kevin O'Connell thing is going to work. And <laughs> I, I don't know either, but I mean, offensively go back to last year. I feel like Mike Zimmer was playing puppet master with the offense and Clint yeah. Kubiak was basically his puppet because at the beginning of the year, you had a lot of motion. You had a couple of things. I remember the Seattle game. Everybody was excited about the offense because they were putting in uh, new techniques and new mm-hmm. motion things. And I, I, I don't know if Clint went into uh, Zimmer's offense the next day and Zimmer went, why all this offense? You got to <laughs> stop using the internet. And like, Everybody, everybody's brains melted when Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson went into the backfield. And I swear to God, it was only one play. It was one play yeah. against the Packers that resulted in a touchdown. Everybody's like, oh my yeah. God, they used him in the backfield. What's going on? <laughs> and like, if we're going like that, what do you think Mike Zimmer was thinking? Just like, oh, what, what is he doing? What? Jefferson's in the back. Oh, he scored. Well, don't ever do it again. Don't, yeah. I only want Dalvin in the backfield. Like, yeah. I'm excited for an offense that adjusts, that looks at a defense and goes, okay, maybe they're taking away this. Let's do this because it's going to be successful. Or they're taking away um, the Detroit game. You know, Justin Jefferson gets seven receptions in the first half. They do double coverage and they're like, nah, I can't throw him to him anymore. (laughs) I assume Kevin O'Connell is going to say, okay, they're double bracketing us. But here's what we can do to beat yeah. that and get Jefferson Put him in the open slot, move him all and have around, him. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, with all this stuff, I'll say it right now. I think Justin Jefferson's going to win the triple crown next year. Ooh. Screw you, Cooper Cup. I think wow. Justin Jefferson is going to lead the league in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Okay. That That is uh, barring the uh, usual Elf. Minnesota catastrophic yeah. injury. Watch those knees. Watch those knees. Yeah, put put the knees in bubble wrap. God, we were <laughs> like last year. Remember that? Justin Jefferson landed wrong on his shoulder. We're like, oh mm. my god, this is bad. Like, d- yeah, yeah. D- don't no, put him. Don't put him anywhere near the field. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> I feel like he's good at avoiding. You know, it's football. There's always going to be those mm. random hits that that mess you up. But he, I think he's good at avoiding like serious contact. Unlike you look at someone like Dalvin Cook, who just invites it. And then he takes the brunt of it. And then, he, you know, we're like, why? Why can't you stay healthy? But that's part of his game where he just, you know, if you're going to try and tackle him, you got to bring your all. Uh, but yeah, Jefferson, uh, I think I just I just wrote about it for the Viking Age. He was ranked number one, the number one receiver by Pro Football Network uh, going in the league next year. Um, so, yeah, he's good. He's very, And the, the scary thing is that Justin Jefferson probably hasn't reached his potential, which is. Ridiculous. Triple crowd, maybe. <laughs> uh, like all right, that. last question. Last question on Dalvin Cook here. Um, I don't know if this is tough or not, but but more more catches next season. Dalvin Cook or or Irv Smith Jr. Irv Smith. Yeah. Dalvin only had twenty two catches last year, 
So I mean, Maybe I thought he had over thirty. Um, I, I, I got it pulled up right now. Actually, I thought he had thought 22. Oh, he had okay. He had two hundred twenty-four yards receiving. So that's yeah, where I go. got the twenty-two from. He had thirty-four receptions. There we but go, there we that go. was the lowest since he had forty in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, yeah. So, and then you had eleven in twenty seventeen in the first four games until his knee exploded. Right. And he had fifty. He had over fifty in twenty nineteen. Um, who's with with uh, what's what's his face? Kevin Stefanski as the OC. So he was pretty good. He had uh, what thirteen touchdowns that year. He was pretty good. He was all right. Who's who stays? Who plays more games? Dalvin Cook or Irv Smith Jr. <sighs> Because that uh, could be something too. I'll go with Dalvin. There's no reason. I mean, Dalvin's played more games than Irv Smith the last few years. Like Dalvin Cook gets labeled like with this injury tag, but he hasn't. He's missed, I think, either the same or less games than Adam Thielen over the last three years. So I've seen Dalvin Cook produce. I have not seen yes. Irv Smith produce. Yes. And I don't want to hear, well, the last four games, he had like, say, they were all like one yard touchdowns. Like, and okay. I think this moving him around too kind of puts him out of harm's way where, you know, screen passes and stuff, mm-hmm. you got to dodge like five people where him being lined up out wide, he can just go across the middle, make some people miss, and then kind of just scoot out of bounds if he has to, which mm-hmm. is a better play for his health. All right. Moving on to the next topic. We're going to talk a little quarterback, but not Kirk Cousins. Weird. Uh, we're going to talk Kellen Mond, who appears appears to be out of the doghouse, which, I mean, it's you can be the judge and say whether he was because he didn't really play last year at all, and maybe that's, that's why, but Mike Zimmer was there, and things just didn't go well. So, you know, last year the Vikings used a third-round pick on Kellen Mond. You know, his rookie season, nothing really great about it he's only active for one game uh that was and he played a tiny bit because sean Mannion was hurt or something and uh it was not a good not a good showing but he was kind of thrown into the fire without really being prepared so i don't really blame him for any kind of performance that he had against the packers last year in his only game but the vikings you know they went out and signed sean Mannion before the season because they didn't feel good enough about mon being the top backup you know then of course mike zimmer had the you know not particularly comments last season when asked if he would like to get a, a longer look at Mond out on the field because he sees him every day. Um, so it just wasn't a good year for, for Kellen Mond and I, I, no one expected him to play, but you know, it's hard to have a bad year when you're the backup or the third string, but he, he kind of managed to do that. And I don't even know if any of it was really his fault. But this year, he's got an offensive-minded head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who also used to be a former quarterback. So things already sound way, way better for Kellen Mond. And here is something that Kellen, Kellen, not Kellen Mond, that Kevin O'Connell had to say the other day about Mond's performance in OTAs so far this spring. So he said, Kellen's having a good spring so far, working incredibly hard, digesting the system. He made a couple of checks yesterday at the line of scrimmage that he wasn't prepared play-by-play for. Uh, he just in- instinctively did it. Those are the, are the little things that you look for. So, Chris, um, sounds like things are going better for Mond. But here's my question for you. Is he a bust if he's unable to win the number two quarterback job this year? Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're beating an assistant coach. 
Like your your main competition, like Kellen Mond's mo should be to Terrence Newman, Sean Mannion. Because like remember Terrence Newman was out on the field and like he was like the player coach type thing, yeah. and they got to the end of the preseason, they're just like, hey man, we really want to keep some of these younger guys. You want to be a coach? And he's like, yeah. yeah. So like he was just a coach on the sideline. Like that is what Kellen Mond needs to do. That being said, I don't think Sean Mannion's roster spot is in danger because he's such good friend. And like, I don't, I almost don't understand it because there's no limit to coaches you can have. Right. Right. Like the, the, yeah, well, they don't they have, have tw- like 27 I mean, coaches there's already. A, there's a game management coach. There, there's yeah. a guy who basically played Madden all his lights being like, Hey dude, Kevin, you should take a time out here. Do you think oh, they have yeah, the good like, call, man? Good call. You think they have like the, the hold back coach too, that, that Sean McVay has. It does Kevin O'Connell need one of those. Yeah, like the, the, the restraint, the seatbelt. Yeah, coach. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the human seatbelt. He could. Um, isn't it? Isn't that guy like Deuce Gruden too? Or is he like he's, a yeah, he's like he's he's okay. like the athletic trainer or something? Yeah, yeah. He could probably double as that though. I mean, I would For trust sure. him. Although he'd probably like get way too into it and like slam me into a bench or something like like a <laughs> suplex or something. Yeah. Um, but no, I I mean so. Here's the thing with Kevin Lamont. Like everybody got excited when he was taken because he was the 66th overall pick, right? Yeah. And everybody's like, "Oh man, that's a pretty high pick. Like he could overthrow." Like some people were like, "Well, maybe he could overtake Kirk Cousins and eventually be the guy." Kevin Lamont was never a starting quarterback prospect. He was too inaccurate. Mm-hmm. I know he played 47 games at Texas A&M or whatever it was. He had experience. If you watched Kellen Mond play with the Aggies, you knew this guy wasn't an NFL quarterback. Great arm, great mobility. Robot. Just robot. Yeah, He's very robot. robotic. Um, and I also looked up uh, an article I wrote about Kellen Mond right after Mike Zimmer's comments last December. And he said that Mond's deep throws were often flat and overthrown. Like the one thing that I'm reminded of when I think of Kellen Mond right outside of the draft was Chris Sims saying he had him ranked higher than Justin Fields, even though Justin Fields' adjusted completion percentage was around 80%. Like yeah. Kellen Mond is basically, I, I think I tried to say this joke in our last show. I will get it right. It's like when you go, maybe you go to, you know, Target or something and your kids are with you and you, the kids are like, dad, can we have Justin Fields? And you're like, no, we got Justin Fields at home. And it's like Kellen mm-hmm. Mond. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's what Kellen Mond is. He's a bootleg Justin Fields. And some people are like, well, Chris, I mean, Justin Fields wasn't that good with the Bears. Yeah, he might not be good either. But I mean, he is a better prospect as far as accuracy, as far as decision making, and as far as a lot of tangibles than Kellen Mond is. The good news for Mond is he has a coaching staff that will actually put in the time with him instead of, oh my God, we got to get this offense fixed because if we don't make the playoffs, we're fired. So I like the fact he's getting reps. I like the fact he's being allowed to talk to the media. Like we know he's alive. Um, but I mean, he needs to beat out Sean Manning. If he's not, and if he doesn't, he'll get cut. Like it's plain and simple. They're not going to keep him around. They didn't draft him. So yeah, if if he does not beat out Sean Manning, he is a bust. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think what they're doing right now is good. They're giving him confidence, which I think at this point he needs, he needs someone to like, Mm -hmm. you know, tell him he's doing good and, and making good throws and, cheering him on because last year it was <laughs> nothing like i think i feel like 
he was a Spielman guy that Spielman wanted, and Zimmer wanted nothing to do with him. So he did nothing with him. Like literally, he was probably one of the guys that Zimmer ignored in the hallways when he walked by him and didn't say hi. Um, probably didn't even know his so, name. Who are probably. you again? He's like, are you- yeah, yeah. <laughs> You probably mistook him for that. Who is that guy? What game was it? Like one of the like quality control people like took a swing at like a Ravens player or something. Was it the Ravens oh. game? And like Zimmer's oh, like, yeah. it's not important who he is. Yeah, probably because he like Ozarked him behind the stadium yeah. after yeah. the game. I, think, I was like his. <laughs> I was like his. Uh, we talked to him. Responses. We talked to him. We talked. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like Kellen Kellen Mond. Um, yeah, if you look at Justin Fields and Kellen Mond and you think that that Kellen Mond is a better prospect right now, then I, I don't know what to tell you because Justin Fields, uh, much better college career. Yes, he had probably better teammates in college, but he also did well when plays broke down and stuff. And there's a reason why he went in the first round. Um, and now he's with the Bears and they don't really have a lot to work with. So you can't really just I feel like you can't really put it all on his shoulders uh, until they get like some actual weapons, which I think. They have a, they're gonna have a lot of cap space next year, so they should be able to get things going next year. Um, but yeah, if you don't beat Sean Mannion, like you shouldn't be playing in the NFL. Like Sean Mannion is not good. We saw last year, like he threw what did he throw? Was last year his first touchdown pass in the NFL? I think yes. it was. Yes, that was his it first was. touchdown. He's been in the league since like 2015, 2014. That was his first touchdown pass last year. Um, so if you can't beat out Sean Mannion. And yeah, if Sean Mannion uh, doesn't make the team, yes, make him an assistant coach. They should they should make him a coach anyways. Like they're he, that's that's what we keep hearing is like that's his purpose to be a coach on the sidelines, be like make Xerox copies for for Kirk, like do whatever for Kirk Cousins. But like, why why is there a roster spot for him? I I will argue that till like the end of time. But yeah, if you don't beat Sean Mannion. You should not even probably probably be in the NFL. You you should look. XFL is going to be starting up, you know, after next season. <laughs> Looking at that, USFL. The Rock owns it now. Yeah, USFL. If that's still around, I give that a shot. I mean, all the games you know? are going to be on ESPN, ABC. So you you might as well you're going to get get noticed. Um, and who knows what what they're going to do in the XFL uh, with rules? It's going to be like steel steel cage matches and everything. You know, hell in a cell. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, any, any, like, do you have any expectations for Mon? Do you think he can beat out Mannion or like, what, what's your prediction? Do you think he will be the number two quarterback? Okay. You asked expectations for Mon and I'm like, no, I, I, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> I don't know. Like no, the yeah, last time we fair. saw him was Kansas city. And it's just like the yeah. guy looked, he looked exactly like he did in green Bay. And, and yeah. I mean, remember Remember what Jake Browning was a thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was a savior because he was the only quarterback who. Uh, he's the only vaccinated quarterback, our hero. Oh, oh man. Zimmer was profit. Zimmer was like, he would hold him on his shoulders if he could have. Um, but yeah, yeah they, that's when they had like Case Cookus out on the field, like some random Case other Cookus. quarterback. Other quarterback. I think they had like, they had assistant coaches. Wasn't that like right before the night practice? And they had to have yes. like. I think Clint Kubiak yeah, the, threw some balls. Uh, like they one practice Gino- where Ginoco, yeah, yeah, like everybody looks forward to it. And it's like the one yeah, that you Kirk's pay for. Here. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, and they still probably pay for it, right? Yeah. But but uh, um, I guess to answer your question, I mean, expectations as far as being, yeah, he better beat out Sean Mannion, like you said. You want to take yeah. a crack at Sean Mannion, Sage? I just looked it up. 31. Oh, that's close. He's 30. I was going to say he was like, like in he's his 39. late 20s. Yeah, he he's, like got, he's, 39. He's, got, he's got the bald spot going on, kind of like I do. So I shouldn't really talk, but yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, like I said, Shaw Man needs to be a coach. I mean, would he make is it about money? Like he's just trying to squeeze every penny out of he can out of the NFL before know. being an assistant coach? I would think uh, yeah. so. But they're only paying him, they're paying him the veteran minimum. It's only 500K. But it goes, no, it goes up. Um, You know, the longer you are in the NFL, the the higher your veteran minimum goes up. So he's being smart. He's going to get paid if he's a player longer. So he's being smart. But why not? The team is not, the the team is not being smart by, and obviously, yeah, he's cheap, but you can use a salary cap crunch. Let's bring Mannion back. You can also use. A roster spot for someone else, and mm-hmm. like this, the previous regime had roster spots for like for him. They drafted, they not drafted, they signed an undrafted free agent, you know, Dan Chisena or whatever. He's just on the roster because he's a gunner. Like all that stuff needs to to be gone. Like you cannot have a specific roster spot for a gunner and a backup quarterback who is terrible. Like you need. Your gunner should be like the, the the fifth string wide receiver or the or the fifth string cornerback or something like that. Like not or Kane Wangu, he should be the gunner because he's super fast. Matthew but, Slater for the Patriots though is an exclusive gunner. I understand, but yeah, <laughs> but the Patriots but also aren't in cap hell. But yeah, everyone's know. not the also, everyone's also not the Patriots. Uh, I know we like to compare. They're the, they're the gold. They were the gold standard. Um, so it's easy to like say like they, they did this and they did that, but like, do not have one roster spot for a gunner. That okay? This is my rant for the day. Just just don't don't have a specific roster spot for a gunner. I that, feel like that has always more, bothered me. You need what? more respect for the ultimate weapon, Dan Chisena. The ultimate no. weapon, four, three, whatever it is. Just no respect Cut him. the ultimate weapon. Cut him. Cut him ruthless just he's you're fired cut him um all right let's get to our last topic which uh, has to do with uh possible breakout players for the vikings next season so almost every year we see you know players takes take some big steps in their development you know we've seen in the past guys like adam thielen brian o'neill daniel hunter they've all had seasons in the past where they've you know taken their play to the next level and had a breakout performance. I would like to say Justin Jefferson, but he was just ridiculous in his first year. Um, but he did progress in his second year. So just just looking ahead to to next season, you know, you know, who is maybe a Vikings player that you think could have a breakout year in 2022? Well, we're running back the entire roster, right? So let's not run back uh Yeah. Yeah, let's run back another guy. How about Irv Smith Jr.? Yeah, who I talked a little bit about earlier in the show. Yeah. Last training camp, everybody was ranting and raving about how good he looked, how uh, good he is as a receiving weapon. We saw it at Alabama. He was able to 
get out in space and make plays. I trust Kevin O'Connell's ability to make that happen because Mike Zimmer kind of used him like Kyle Rudolph at times, whereas, okay, catch the ball, fall forward, whatever. That's not Irv Smith's game. He's a move tight end. He needs to get out and get those yak yards. So um, I think that if he stays healthy and it sounded like he was running routes at OTAs, I would I mean, hope so. I, he got it, hurt. It, it last is August. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's conceivable to see him ha- finally have that breakout season. And it sucks for the Vikings because this is a contract year. Mm-hmm. So if he blows up, they have to pay him immediately. But or they don't. Yeah, or they don't. This yeah, is a new regime. They could let him go. They don't have to pay people now. They can they can make their own decisions. They have, they have Johnny freaking Munt. Right. My well, guy. I think. I think you, I think the, the new regime, hopefully they pri- like start prioritizing players, uh, you know, not paying running backs, not paying, even not paying safeties, not paying, uh, tight ends, like pay the positions you need to quarterback, receiver, pass rusher, cornerback. Other than that. Okay. Offensive line too. Like, other than that, you know, just draft guys, sign cheap guys. You don't need to have the best guys on your roster for every position. Uh, I would pick KJ Osborne, who went from zero to fifty catches last season uh, after they discovered that he's not a really good punt returner, which is pretty much the only reason why they drafted him. And then they're like, "Oh, this guy can catch. Let's get him on the field." It turned out to be pretty good. Uh, now and now he gets to be in an offense that is likely going to feature a bunch of three receiver sets. So that gives him more opportunities on the field to make plays. Um, so I think just having the, that more opportunities gives him uh, more chances to, to get the ball in his hands. And I think he, he did well. He showed well that he progressed. And I think another, another off season working with Kirk cousins, who's probably going to be more comfortable with him this year. He might be, that security blanket that we've seen in the past of like, you know, Tyler Conklin was last year, CJ Ham, you know, maybe, maybe KJ Osborne will be the the new joke next year that, that Kirk Cousins checks down to. And I also have Armin Watts, who, uh, you know, defensive tackle for the Vikings has been with the team for a few years. He seems like he's going to be part of the starting defensive line. Now that they're switching to a three, four base. Um, you know, he's got to be better as a run defender. He's pretty, pretty bad at that. But he's a pretty talented pass rusher. He had the 25th best pass rushing grade among 95 interior defensive linemen last season by PFF. And he also finished last season with 33 33 pressures, which was the third most on the Vikings defense. So, you know, rushing the passer, Armin Watts is pretty good. And if he's, you know, in the starting base defense, he's going to get more chances on the field to do that. And, um, so those are my guys, KJ Osborne and Armin Watts. Those are guys I think will break out. Do you do you have any more or Irv Smith, your guy? Well, let's let's throw this one because I, I mean I, I was kind of racing in my head. I mean, you could mention Kane Wangwu, but I don't know what his offensive role is going to be in this offense. Right. Um, right. Can he learn kind of a Tariq Cohen like role? I guess maybe you could think, or like maybe an Alvin Kamara like role. Um, yeah, yeah, not one. not the exact Tariq. <laughs> that thing sounded like a truck tire going off. 
by the way, like, I, I don't mean to make fun of it, but uh, I mean, I saw the yeah, video and guy. like, it was just like, he just goes back and like, boom, like the balloon go off or what? It's like, he, got, he popped a tire. Have some but, bad luck. Man, that, that was something. Remember, um, what was his name for the chargers? Brandon Oliver, Braden Oliver, the yeah, Brandon fullback. Oliver. Yeah. And like they played, uh, they played preseason game at us bank stadium that was the one where teddy went off and everybody was excited oh, and then yeah. his his leg exploded like the he next ju- week ju- but like too too hard yeah <laughs> yeah maybe it was a precursor but like uh brandon oliver he put his foot down and like his achilles snapped and like you could see it on the replay like go like, all the way up his leg yeah <laughs> like ah, oh, just well kobe uh, had that but, too. Um, kobe, kobe tore his in in the middle of a game before and you could see that like, kobe. You, can, you can you can see yeah for sure. You can see uh, yeah. it come like in his calf. Uh, and I think Terrell Suggs did that before too. Like this video, it might've been like a basketball game where he like tore his Achilles. Yeah. Achilles is, that sounds terrible. Cause you can hear it. Uh, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's not gruesome, but it is cause because of that noise. Um, it's like a lampshade going up your leg. Oh yeah. Tariq Cohen, terrible, terrible injury luck. Probably, probably done in the NFL. You never know. Uh, I just but, but like I was, yeah okay go ahead yeah yeah I'm sorry but like I was saying no, as far as you know you could use them in kind of a satellite back roll why don't I go yeah. with this Lewis scene I oh. you know first round pick um you know what I like about him is his insane athleticism I mean on draft yeah. night I think we were kind of like upset more about the trade and then just sure. kind of looked up scene we're like this guy's pretty good. I mean, if he, yeah. he's got to learn like not to, you know, decapitate people uh, on defense, but I mean, legally, legally. Yeah. Yeah. The number one thing I like about him is that he can attack. He's got that speed. And, uh, you know, I was listening to Arif Hassan, who was on the Will Reggett show uh, earlier this week, and he was talking about, you know, with that illusion of complexity, you're going to have guys that are in one spot of the defense and need to go all the way to the other very quickly. And a guy like Scene has the speed to do that. He's got the speed to rush the passer. Um, his coverage skills need a little bit of work. But I mean, as far as, I mean, I think what they're going to do is they're going to use him kind of the linebacker role where sometimes he'll be in the box. Sometimes he'll be in coverage. Sometimes like a jack of all trades. Um, you know, people say Tyron Matthew a lot, but I mean, Philip Buchanan, or uh, not Philip Dion Buchanan. I, I dated yep. myself yep. there. Yep. Dion Buchanan for the uh, Cardinals. You know, he was a safety in college. They moved him into a linebacker, and he was just a player that could attack. Uh, who was the Rams? Who you remember the the Ram? Mark Barron. Mark, yeah, Mark Barron. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep. Same, and, and I mean, sort of Matthew Collar was talking about him. He said, "Scenes just this big dude." So I yeah, mean, he can he can go in the box. He can do. I mean. I think I, I'm just excited to see what he could do yeah. as far as just an all around weapon for this defense. Yeah. You talk about his coverage. Um, he's got the speed and, and the length to, you know, if he misses a step or whatever, he can catch up pretty fast uh, without, you know, giving up too big of a play. Um, yeah. And he seemed like a really bright dude, uh, like already, it already sounds like he's assuming a, a leadership role on the defense, which is pretty cool for a rookie to come in and do that. You don't really see that too often. Um, Especially but yeah. when your quarterback won't, when he's like the, you know, in his fifth season, just like, Hey guys, I just, 
Dalvin, you go ahead. <laughs> Jefferson, just I'll be over here. Yeah. Uh, no comment from me. Um, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I, I I like I like Lewis Seen. The Vikings liked him. They, that's clearly the guy they wanted. I feel like the whole time. I don't even think they wanted Kyle Hamilton. I think they preferred Lewis Seen over Kyle Hamilton in the draft, which is why they're okay trading back and getting more picks. Um, so yeah, I I'm excited about about seeing him. I could even would you consider Cam, does Cameron Dantzler have the potential to break out? Because I think you know he's he's like PFF wise he's been pretty good, but like eye test wise he's still got a bunch to work on, and I feel like Zimmer was pretty hard on him. Um, and it looks like he's put on a little bit of weight this offseason as well, muscle wise. Um, so maybe a fresh start for him, maybe that could help him. Could you see him maybe like breaking out? That's possible. I mean, definitely. I, I think he's going to get more of a fair shake with this defense. Like, yeah. I yeah. don't know what he did in training camp. He did not have a good preseason for what it's right. worth, but like Zimmer by, was just like, didn't he get burned? He got was, burned that Broncos game, right? Yeah, yeah. KJ Hamler went yep. to the house in that game. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think last year was kind of a test in maturity for Dantzler, and by the end of the year, yeah. he was playing as a starting corner. I, I, I don't ever see Dantzler becoming like a Pro Bowl Xavier Rhodes shutdown corner. Um, yep. I mean, if he could be, I mean, people Trey crap Wayne's. on Trey Wayne's all the time, but he was solid. He was average. He was healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just couldn't. He just couldn't play the ball. Like he's if Trey Wayne, if Trey Wayne's was a third can, round, yeah. if Trey Wayne's was a third round pick, he would have been great. But he was a first round pick, so he had those high expectations. He was expected to be a, a Xavier Rhodes type type player, but he wasn't. He was he was just solid. And I think a lot of people that's that's what bothered people, including myself. And people got ticked off because uh, Marcus Peters was so good. You know, he, yeah. he was the anti Waynes. He could stick with a player and make interceptions. He's also so, on what his fourth team now. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> also kind of, uh, he's got some issues, but yeah. you know, take what, you know, you, you take the good with the bad, I guess with, uh, Marcus Peters. He's, he's still pretty good. I think he was injured last year, right? Towards ACL. Um, mm-hmm. so he's, he's coming back this year, but that's all I got. You got anything else? Um, not really. I mean, OTAs are always like, they're always a weird time because I mean, very optimistic time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this definitely wasn't a negative episode. I could tell you that much. We just like seeing the highlight. We we like seeing those one minute highlights of guys just catching those slow motion passes in the air. Like that's what time of year it is. That's time people might overreact. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're in front yeah. of the camera, like, oh yeah, baby, yeah, ooh, like Zadarius Smith was. What do you say? Oh yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, like. listen, I like him. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He's good for morale. You can see Daniel Hunter, like, yeah. You can see Daniel Hunter cracking a smile next to him, like Daniel, Mister Stoneface. Like, he's he's got a different can, mentality this year. I will say this: you can tell the players have kind of. You know, it's it's almost like Mario beating. You feel Bowser free. At the like, end. They got a monkey yeah, off like, their back or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like the evil yeah. Zimmer, the fire breathing dragon has been yeah. slayed, and now Kevin O'Connell, the knight in shining armor, is like, "Go, be yourselves. Talk yeah. to the media." Kellen Mond, he is a real person. Look, 
Listen, man, he's I'm not, sure it, he's not I'm like sure Garrett it, Wilson, who I'm not convinced yeah. is a real human yet. Oh yeah, but. yeah. Listen, I, I'm I'm sure it wore on them. I'm sure, like especially when you're losing and it's the same way and Zimmer's grumpy and everything. Like it was, it was great at first. It was what the Vikings needed when Zimmer first arrived. There it was exactly what they needed. But mm-hmm. towards the end, it just players changed, the league changed, and Zimmer did not, and it just it didn't work. So. Are you going to buy uh, Zimmer's slingshot that he's selling? I am not. I did see his daughter comment in the comments, though, like clap back at somebody who was like, oh, now he's selling everything to get rid of his memories. And she was like, actually, he sent out a statement and he's just, you know, he doesn't need it because he's a grandpa. Uh, He doesn't want to get in a crash so he can hang out with his grandkids. I was like, oh. Okay, but it was like from the Mike Zimmer Foundation. That's clear. His daughter runs it, so it's clearly her responding. Um, but that's 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 the latest we've heard from Zimmer. That's like the first time we've heard anything from the Zimmer camp, I guess, since his firing. I I do follow his son on Instagram. He goes to like uh, like basketball games and stuff, uh, like the Mavericks or whatever. Um, but and he's he's been Big quiet Luger too. Like he, he he doesn't have he doesn't have a job either so who knows and he's young yeah yeah so, we'll see i don't know <laughs> all right great way to end Thank it <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know uh thanks for joining everyone today uh if you're on youtube make sure to subscribe subscribe to the channel like the video uh we appreciate everyone who is already subscribing uh and keeping up to date with all the latest episodes for those of you who are not on video make sure to subscribe on the apple podcast app spotify wherever you get your podcasts uh but until next time chris and i will talk to you later Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.